Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about a podcast that might just be too beautiful to live. From the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Anne Lundholm. We've got a lot to discuss on this Monday recap edition of the show, so let's not waste any time. Joining me from Dallas, Texas, she works all day with techno geeks and spreadsheet. It's Meredith Mahan. Good morning, <laughs> Meredith. Good morning, Anne. And from Kyle, Texas, he bought a prosthetic leg, but it doesn't mean he thinks he's better than everybody else. It's Mike Frizzell. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Just to clarify, I, I put a down payment on a prosthetic leg. I'm, I'm not the full owner of it. I own one quarter of it. But you can put that stuff on layaway? <laughs> you, you, I have a payment plan for Great. my leg. Yes, I do. Excellent. We've got a full show today, so we'll start with some LRB business, recap last week's TBTL that was, do a little housekeeping and tell you how you can get involved with the show. So first up in LRB business, last Friday's show was a humdinger, if I can use an old-fashioned word. Uh, Meredith, for anyone who hasn't listened, can you tell them what they're missing? (laughs) <laughs> so it was a Phyllis Faves show, and Phyllis brought us a couple clips from uh, TBTL from 09 and, and 10. And it was uh, Jen talking about her night guard, and then Luke talking about his night guard. And Phyllis and I both have night guards, so there was a lot of night guard talk. <laughs> a lot of jaw talk, a lot of teeth talk, and then it veers into some sex talk. Yeah, that would, uh, that episode, I don't know if uh, you noticed this, Anne, but uh, Meredith, I'm sure that you did. Um, we were trying to get get Phyllis, you know, going for that episode last week. And then when she started talking about the night guard thing, uh, Bobby and I kind of found our way out of uh, <laughs> that show because we could only get in trouble, you know. You recused yourself from the conversation. Right, right. Yes. I made up a fake appointment for my prosthetic fitting and... <laughs> Bobby just all of a sudden got real busy and just because we didn't want to touch the the sex stuff with a barge well, pole. Yeah, know, and, just... and when Bobby listened, he said he it broke his sounds like my last date o meter. <laughs> right. So <laughs> he would have just been cracking wise the whole yeah, time. Yeah. Well, I did I also really appreciated uh, your update on your jaw situation, which was fascinating and also terrifying. It is, yeah. Yeah. It's doing much, much better. I'm I'm happy to report. Good. No pain. That's what we want. Yeah. All right. In show feedback for the week. Um, so we did have a piece of feedback already from that Friday Phyllis Faves show. Amelia uh, says that she was having some major flashbacks from all the talk. She says, I had to wear headgear to school all day in fourth grade after being dubbed Bucky Beaver by my kind mm. classmates. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Poor Amelia. And then she said in fifth grade, she had to upgrade to the functional appliance, which is what you were talking about, Meredith, which is yes. the top and, and bottom mm-hmm. thing. And then she said something really gross about spit that I'm not going to repeat. Um, <laughs> and by the time she got to braces, they felt like a relief. So it sounds like she was very much um, in your corner having to deal yeah. with all the... What qualifies as an appliance? It's such a awkward word. Does, is it something that can be put in and out or are braces an appliance is it is everything I, an appliance i've only heard it that term applied to removable things mm-hmm. like they call my like when i take my bite splint into the dentist to get it cleaned they call it my appliance mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense apply being the key part I of the suppose, word i suppose yeah mm-hmm. 
Uh, we had some feedback on last week's recap. An email from Eric said that he was finally going to get off his butt and give us some money. Wow. And then he listened to the recap show and he heard a dream catcher and not only a dream catcher, <laughs> but a dream catcher from Mike. <sighs> Way to go, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, the feedback has not been all positive for my for my dreamcatcher, which I respect because I railed against the dreamcatcher segment. So I have to expect when I bust out a dreamcatcher to get uh get some shit for it. So I appreciate it. It's okay. You don't have to you don't have to give us any money. I'm really pissed off because I have a fantastic dreamcatcher and I'm not allowed to tell it. <laughs> But then you can go ahead and just bring up your own eight-minute Dreamcatcher whenever you feel like it. Well, here's the thing: you can't say that your Dreamcatcher is fantastic. That's for the that's for the the world to decide. I never well, that's said mine. For dream was, Court, right, right. That, we'll take you to Dream Court to decide if it's fantastic. I never said mine was fantastic. I just said it was something I I thought Meredith really should hear. Whatever, my dream <laughs> my dream is fantastic. I'm stand someday. I will well, tell my dream catcher. If you want to turn off the, if you want to turn off the um, fantastic flow of money that we've got going through this podcast, <laughs> go ahead, break it out, just like I did. I'll think about it. I'll think about how my desperation increases to tell my dream catcher, and then maybe it'll be worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, another piece of feedback from last week's recap that I thought was really great was from Carolyn. And she says, a tip for Meredith, Mike, and everyone else who's also bothered by Smooth, the Carlos Santana, Rob Thomas gem of a song, a proven way to stop an earworm is to sing slash mouth the final line of the song. This way your brain will be tricked into thinking the song is finished. The last line of Smooth is... Give me your heart, make it real, or else forget about it. I listen to the show at work, so now I have that line written on a post-it in front of my computer, so I'm ready every day. <laughs> Did you try that, Meredith? Yeah, it just makes the last line play over and over yep. and over in my head. Yep, exactly. That's what it did for me, too. The, ne the next day and a half, I was and now, that last And now that we're talking heart. about it, it's happening again. It's back, yes. <laughs> I don't Thank know, you. I think I must be a weirdo, because I don't really get earworms that way. Maybe it's because I'm constantly singing all kinds of snippets of different songs in my head. Yeah. So I'll just move yeah, on. Yeah, you can distract one. yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a couple of other pieces of feedback that we'll try to work into the show, but that's it for now. So why don't we dive into the recap? Mike? Okay, we can review Monday 2350. Speaking of beans, I have to start this with a question for you guys. The the open was the Targus Targus clip. Um, what show is that from? Do either one of you know? Yeah, that's uh, Tim and Eric. Awesome show. Great job. Oh, okay. Thanks. That's that's bothered me for a long time. I like it. I was under the impression for a while that it was from Idiocracy um, because there's a similar scene in that movie, but it's yeah. not. It's from Tim and Eric. Yeah, yeah. I think I know the scene you're talking about, Idiocracy. Yeah, it's, it is not quite that. Um, Luke is talking about uh, his... I think it's his first mow of the year. He's he's he gets the mower out and uh he says um he says I think he says it's better than sex. Um Um Gonna have to disagree with you there, Lucals. Yeah. To each his own. I guess. Mm. Yeah, I think you know immediately I think Bobby Bobby like is was in the bro chat going, uh, I think you're doing it wrong, bro. <laughs> so. Um 
Luke has turned into one of the uh, people from the Michelob Ultra commercials. That's his brand now that he, since he's on his low carb grind. I can't believe I said that. I, I'm never <laughs> going to say that again. It bothers me a lot. Um, Michelob Ultras, the, the the people in those commercials, man, they are they're living a life you can't even imagine. Nope, it's indescribably better than your humdrum existence. It is so much better than the, my best day, and they're having it all at the same time. Um, Jack of the Box. Uh, I don't know why I wrote that. I think it's. Uh, I think I don't know. So this is a, this is a very <laughs> rambly week for me. This is a very tough week. I'll have to admit this is a tough week for me to get through, and I don't know why. But especially the days that I was assigned, I think I was retroactively assigned Monday because it was two hours long and had a no point conversion. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So like as soon as the show came out and those facts were revealed, you all were like, you got Monday. Like, yeah. Oh, Meredith and I essentially yeah. said, not it. Not it. I barely yeah. got through it last night. <laughs> um, oh, and part of it is because there's tax talk. Andrew has a phone appointment with his tax guy. Um. At least he's not doing them on the air. At least he's just talking about his taxes. <laughs> At least year. he's got a professional that he is going back to. Yeah. Let me say this about um, about Andrew's taxes. <clears throat> I think if he's been together, he's been with Genevieve, his girlfriend, for like 17 years now. I think one year, maybe they should just just try, just as an exercise – have their taxes done as if they were married. And then I think they'll go get married like the next day. <laughs> Cause once you're committed, once you're in a relationship and you know, you're going to be in that relationship forever. Um, yeah. Taxes get married. It's going to help you out. So because of the married, deductions or because you only yeah. have to do it once you, you get, well, yeah, see, that's another, I hadn't even thought of that. The, yes, you, you get more deductions and, and of course only, only one hassle. And we know that Genevieve would be the one who would do it. So really, Andrew would be right. completely off the hook tax-wise. Oh, my God. Yes. Just get the piece of paper to get it done with. And that way you won't have to have those awkward my girlfriend conversations. Well, haven't you been to get... Oh, anyway. Um, the High Stranger video is played. And I don't think it's as creepy as everyone else does. I kind of like it. It's weird. It's very weird. I kind of like it. What is it about me that I I don't know? I guess it was just five minutes that I wasn't, that uh, smooth wasn't running through my brain. <laughs> my The only thing that creeped me out about it is that it has a really prominent butt for like no reason. You know, it's its only distinguishing feature is a well, butt. <laughs> it has to because that's what, you know, that's the line. That's the payoff line right there. Yeah. You can look at my butt. Yeah. Sometimes I get contrary when the internet gets super, super excited about a video. I'm just mm-hmm. like, meh. I get a little of the Andrew in me. And I'm like, meh. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. Uh, so the top story, baristas uh, hate special orders. And especially banana, frappuccinos that involve bananas because they have to go somewhere and get frozen bananas. Anyway, um, the... Uh, it all. This all comes. It, would, did the top story come out of an actual email from a listener? There was, was an article there written was an article. by this barista. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, all right, Madison. Yeah, was it wasn't barista. even really an article. It was one of those as told to kind of things. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, so like an interview with yeah. her or something. Like a bitchy waiter type. 
situation. Uh, the what I was happy to hear Madison say that I don't I don't know if we ever found out that Madison was actually he or she, but they went with she just because it's generally Madisons are generally she's. But uh, there is no secret menu, and Starbucks customers are generally assholes mm-hmm. who make up orders and get upset when their order when they only get seven pumps of caramel instead of the eight <laughs> that were requested. I had a thought for you, Mike, that I think might help when we talk about these Starbucks-related stories, as we do, knowing how you feel about Starbucks. Um, What if we go with the whole S-Town thing? So, like, it's S-Town, and we could say S-Bucks. So, the rest of us could be saying Starbucks, but you could be saying Shitbucks. Oh, I like... uh, Yeah, I could just go straight to Shitbucks. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) I'm skipping the S-Bucks and going straight to Shitbucks. Okay. We were getting a little fired up about this in our chat when we were all listening to it because Luke kind of proposes that that frappuccinos are the reason for the American obesity epidemic. Right. Um, and he made some really wild guesses about how many calories are in a frappuccino. And Anne, that really kind of irritated you, didn't it? Yes, it, it did. And I was not the only one that irritated. And in fact, I got a, a we got a piece of feedback from Katie Callahan who said to us, throw your phone moment, Luke's repeated insistent that f- insistence that frappuccinos contain multiple thousands of calories. How can someone <laughs> constantly on the grind be so out of touch with calories? Yes, a coffee breakfast milkshake from Starbucks is still a milkshake, but I feel like a venti is maybe 500-ish calories, not multiple thousands of calories. Um so I did spend some time on the Starbucks website. You guys know I love looking up nutrition information <laughs> for stuff. And um, uh, the frappuccinos come in between 500 and 600 calories. So Katie was exactly right. Um, the worst one About I About as much as a uh, human heart or a kidney. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but when we look at pro- perhaps the nutritional value of that, the, the Java chip was the one that looked to be about the worst. And when I looked it up, it has 88 grams of sugar. Oof. And the nutritionist Jesus. that I worked with once said that a good rule of thumb is if it has more than 16 grams of sugar, you can just consider it a dessert. So mm-hmm. wow, 88 grams. And then I did look at the light options, which would be made with uh, non-fat milk and no whipped cream. And these were the um, the large sizes, by the way. I refuse to use the stupid Starbucks sizes. And the Java chip came in at 270 calories and only, quote, only 46 grams of sugar. So Luke is right that this is not a a good nutritional choice, but I don't think anybody actually thinks that, right? I mean, nobody's getting their coffee beverage and asking for whipped cream and going, yeah, this is a smart decision. (laughs) (laughs) No. It's a treat, an indulgence, and I'm glad I, t- I don't have that habit. No, me neither. Too many other bad habits. Uh, the, Madison talks about um, how there's sort of an attaboy and rah-rah culture at Starbucks where people give each other ups all the time, and Andrew has a problem with that. And I, of I kind of <laughs> – I, I feel him a little bit in that um, back in the day when I, I would have to get a lot of – young people, you know, like kids between 17 and like 21 excited to work, you know, excited to carry out my wishes and my plans. 
I had to do that stuff and I really felt like an asshole, you know, when I had to do, do some raw, raw corporate bullshit, but you got to do it. You got to play the game. I mean, the kids are earnest, man. They want to please. They, yeah. You know, you, you may feel, you may feel like an asshole doing it, but they're, they're ready to go. They want to do this stuff, you know? So you got to let them loose. And I, I think maybe Andrew objects to the falsity of, mm-hmm. you said raw, raw corporate stuff. If it was real raw, raw, maybe Andrew could get into it. I don't know. I, I appreciate something that feels genuine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I think Luke said that we can't all rock all the time, you know. <laughs> but but the, the the youngsters, man, they can rock most of the time. I fi- I found out. You yes, know, I they figured can. out. They they, they want to rock. So and they can rock. drink the frappuccinos with no adverse effects. Because yeah, they can drink the frappuccino and they'll just work harder yep. for the next forty five minutes while that sugar courses through their veins. <laughs> um. Top story? Uh, no, the second story is the about the T Rex having a nerve filled face. I guess it's because this story had some science in it. I, it sort of lost me. Can you all fill me in on the significance why this was a story for the for the show? First of all, can I just say that for this entire conversation, Luke said Tyrannosaurus Rex instead of Tyrannosaurus <laughs> Rex, <laughs> and it really bothered me all out of proportion. <laughs> I mean, that's the dinosaur that everybody knows. Why are you saying it like that? But I think that the uh, Meredith, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the point here was that journalists don't understand science. Yeah. Th- so I took pretty light notes, but what I wrote down is T-Rex facial nerves, a tale of two articles. Um, because yeah, they, it, it, they, they came to some very different conclusions. And honestly, Mike, I lost the thread on this a little bit too. I don't think it was science. I think it was just kind of a boring conversation. Mm. I don't really remember what the point was that they rubbed their faces on each other. Yeah. It was, it sounded like a Cosmo article at some point. It was like <laughs> yeah. a thousand ways to drive your Tyrannosaurus Rex uh, husband crazy. <laughs> I, I, the, the thrust of the science was that they've discovered that Tyrannosaurus snouts and jaws were really sensitive, that they had a lot of nerve endings. And the New York Times writer said that this showed how scary they were and what kind of, of killing machines they were because of this. And the New York Magazine writer said it showed um, how sensitive they were as lovers. And then Andrew used <laughs> okay. the unfortunate term Tyrannosaurus sex. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that isn't. Don't we have that yearly? <laughs> yeah, killer in the streets. Uh, I don't know something, something in the sheets. I don't know. I don't have any any jokes for the for the T Rex story. There's an email from uh, Avery who wants to get into baseball, um, but has no, they, she doesn't have a home team, at least a major league home t- team, because she lives in Omaha. Uh, and they, they, they went off for, this wasn't even in the no point. And they were, they, they went off like for 20 minutes on, on, uh, on how to, how to watch baseball. But I think it could have been just really simple. And the, the, they did in the middle of their rambling did come to the nugget of what Avery should do. And that's turn on a game and watch the, the whole thing. And if you're not into it by the end of the game, if you're, if you're not following and if you're not, if none of it is tracking with you, it's not for you, but just sit down and watch one. That's all you got to do. 
Right. There are storylines within the game, you know, I, and, and I mean, you, of, of all the sports, you're more into baseball than, than any other sport, right? For sure. And how did that happen for you? Just, was it because you grew up and the twins games would be on or? No, actually, because um, my parents are not sports people at all, Mm -hmm. as in sports were never on the TV. But when I was 14 years old and I was babysitting, not for the nasty babysitters that I talked about before, but for a different family, they their kids went to bed at 7 o'clock. Not like Mm. it's time to get your PJs on, but in bed, story red lights out at 7 o'clock. That's first pitch. Exactly. And so one night I went out and I didn't have a book to read and I flipped on the TV and there was nothing going on TV except for it was the 1991 Twins home opener. And so I just left it on and I watched the whole game. And it's exactly what you said. By the end of the game, I was into it. Mm -hmm. It was just like it came out of nowhere. Yeah. And you picked a perfect time too. I I would suggest to her too. Yeah. Start at the beginning of a season, just watch the first game of the yes. City Royals or whatever. And, and and a season where the Twins happened to win the World Series probably didn't hurt my that fandom. Ho- that hooks you. Was Scott Erickson on that team? Uh-huh. Was he the opening day pitcher? No. No, it was Kevin oh. Tappany was the pitcher, but he was good too. Oh, right. Wow. I'm surprised they, they were a World Series team with him as their opening night pitcher, but they must have found better pitching. Well, no, it was the home season. opener. So I think, Oh, gotcha. I, I think Jack Morris probably opened the season, but then, yeah, that the makes sense. Opener, so that makes sense. And he pitched a two hit shutout and see all these years later, I remember it. Meredith, you've probably had quite the opposite experience. Just, it just didn't hook you. <laughs> well, baseball doesn't hook me. If I watch it on TV, I, I like going to the games right. in person. That's kind of fun, but I did, I was uh, really into hockey for a while and um, I, I actually got hooked on that because my brother started playing um, and and we would go to his games. And this mm-hmm. was just when he was in high school and we would go to his games and it was really, really fun. And then we started watching the Red Wings on TV and my mom got like obsessed with the Red Wings and my brother already was. And their enthusiasm kind of wore off on me. Like it was kind of infectious and we all mm-hmm. started watching it. Hockey in person is pretty amazing. I mean, because yeah. it's so fast and so violent and so athletic and it's um and it's just it's a really emotional game and like even uh at Sheridan no games were watched or played with more fervor than the floor hockey games mm-hmm. that we played the crowd was nuts and they wanted blood you know they oh, wanted yeah. to see people get smashed into the brick wall i mean and just just unbelievable atmosphere and <clears throat> take that like you know do you go to uh, Stars games? Yeah, at all, or, or yeah. and you go to the Wild? Have you ever been? I've never, never gone. Never. I say go to a pro hockey game. You will be into it. Yeah, I had a roommate that was really into hockey, and I and I was telling her one time, I don't understand. I tried to watch a few games with her on the TV, but the puck is so tiny, and you can't really mm-hmm. follow the action. Mm-hmm. She's like, No, you have to go to the game in person. Yeah. Yeah. Watch these beasts skating at forty miles an hour. No point conversion. Uh, before they even get into it, we find out that Chris Hayes is really Tweety trolling Luke. Uh, I love you, Chris just, Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> just every last every last interaction Chris Hayes is having with Jeff Tweety, he's finding a way to make sure that he, to get it in front of Luke. <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot. Um, 
Andrew suggests a, a marijuana strain called Chris Hayes, an indica strain, <laughs> which I would suggest if you if you did partake in Chris Hayes, there's no way you could follow uh, Chris Hayes' television program at the pace uh, that those guys set with their oh, ideas and their talking. <laughs> you would just be sitting there to keep rewinding, trying to catch one point. I don't yeah. understand. Andrew always talks about um, he's upset when he listens back to himself because he's such a fast talker. And I'm like, if you mm-hmm. listen to Chris Hayes, how can you possibly think that you're a fast talker? Yeah. That guy is like a mile a minute. Yeah. And he has he, he surrounds himself with a crew on that show that they don't slow down either. You know, you would think you'd want a counterpoint guy who would be like, wait a minute, uh, Chris. Uh, you know. <laughs> but they're all just bah, 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 back at each other. And I'm like... I'm catching about 42% of this. And it's all very smart what I'm catching, I think. But I don't catch it all unless I rewind it. And that's even when I haven't smoked any Chris Hayes. <laughs> uh, Luke is finally figuring out the Mariners are not a good baseball team. Uh, after predicting <laughs> World Series triumph, um, he has settled in, started reading a few articles, and and seeing what most of the experts predicted, which was the Mariners are a third-place team. At best. And in the How many teams are in the division? Is it four or five? Um, I think there's five now. Now that the Astros are moved over there? Yeah, now the Astros okay. are in there. Yeah. They evened everything out by throwing the Astros over to the American League. And, okay, because that always And now they're me. awesome, and they're kicking our ass all over the field. Fluke so. <laughs> um, believes the law of averages is what's going to make the Mariners win the World Series, or even get to a World Series one day. <laughs> I'm no man of science, but I don't think that's how it works. Meredith, would you like to speak to the law of averages? (laughs) Do I have to? We'll just say that uh, Luke does not have a great grasp of the law of averages. Yeah. Yeah. If if your team sucks, you're not going to the World Series. I don't care how many years. It, it's it not been. inevitable. <laughs> it's not <laughs> not really how it works. It's been 125 years. Yeah, but your pitching is awful. <laughs> but, but we, we do. We should go, though, because it's been 125. No, you're not going. It's our turn. <laughs> right. It's not how sports works either. I Yeah, I probably felt the same way when I was a little kid and, and the Mariners, you know, were just embarking on their long, long stretch of never doing anything. <clears throat> but I, I figured it out. If you suck, you're not going to the World Series. Yeah. Uh, the They go out with the Ben Folds 5 song, Sports and Wine. I ended up liking that song. Uh, I, a, I really like Ben Folds in spite of myself. He's a great musician, mm-hmm. but he's a really bad singer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. the song He doesn't have good. a great the voice. singing not uh-uh. so much. But yeah, he's an amazing pianist. He's a very talented piano player. And he started... I learned that he started playing piano just so he could be better at the drums. I'm not quite sure how that works, but he wasn't even really a, a pianist to begin with. Hmm. It's like, you asshole. I've been working at this my whole life, and I'm terrible. <laughs> uh, God, I always wanted to be able to at least pretend to play the piano, because it just seemed like you could get chicks that way real easily. Yeah. And guitar. you just have to sit there. Guitar you know, is you easier. You have to stand up. Probably. But I always had to, whenever I had a guitar in my hands, I just wanted to smash it like an animal house, which I did. <laughs> I noticed, Anne, that you have a uh, a note about uh, the word yeah. "cuck." Andrew yes. or Luke used it to saying that the was it Seattle sports teams or just the Mariners are the no. Luke said that 
The University of Washington is the cuck of college basketball. Oh, oh right. And right. I just, please, let's not. That word is so disgusting in so many ways. Let, I don't know. Uh-uh. Stop it, Luke. I don't want this to enter the vernacular in any way. No. No. Has, he's said it at least once before, hasn't he? I don't I know, but it makes my skin crawl. I don't blame you. But I just want to make sure you got that note out before we, we uh, move on from that Leviathan, <laughs> as Andrew says, yes. on the Monday show. Let's go to Tuesday, number 2351. Speaking of speaking of beans, uh, Carrie is super sick with some sort of chest cold, and I, I'm pretty sure that I got, I'm getting it. So I blame her or Christy, whichever one of the two. Um, and Rudy is not being helpful, although uh, she is kind of playing nursemaid dog, which I think is very sweet. Luke <laughs> plays the I know about the clubs and drug drop. <laughs> and this just sends Andrew over the top because he says now, of course, Luke is absolutely trolling him. And Luke is swearing that he didn't do it on purpose, that there are actually two different versions of the same drop but saved under different names. And he just happened to grab this one that was cut off at the end. And I don't know if any Not of us believe it. that, right? No, no I, I immediately was like, he's doing it again. He's trolling us. Yeah, there's no way. There is no way that he's been playing that drop for years and that this is the first time he's accidentally gotten the same drop with the wrong names. Does this practice bother either one of you? It doesn't really bother me. No, I, I it's hilarious. No, it's funny. Okay. I, I do like that it bothers Andrew and then he's he's just picking at it. Yes. I mean, if it didn't bother Andrew, it wouldn't happen. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure. <laughs> but I was just wondering if there's a large contingent of people out there like, oh, it drives me crazy when he cuts off a drop. I'm like, eh. I it's like it's like um I once the drop starts, you don't even need to play the whole thing for me. It's already played in my head. It's just like the first right. six notes of some seventies classic rock or something got it mm-hmm. i song played in head yeah. already and Move so on. far yeah. both of these clips have been drops that i really like mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so i i enjoyed listening to them over and over and over <laughs> right. i know about the <laughs> <laughs> i know what sex is and does <laughs> so andrew makes luke trash the bad file on air so that he can hear the sound effect of the deleting trash can. But of course, Luke deleted the the good one by accident. Oops. So uh, I suspect that will come back. I really enjoyed that whole thing. That was very funny. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, it's a pointless exercise. I mean, I know neither of them understand how the cloud works, but that file's not gone. Yeah. You know, it's, it's there. You can get it back. Uh, no, we can't. Not if it's not funny. <laughs> If it doesn't serve him in um, making yeah. Andrew upset, it's never going to make a reappearance. But I love True. the whole thing anyway. Uh, so they make the announcement for the newsletter editions of the Hey Dummies video chats. And we're all supposed to send in our questions. And um, can I just say, when Andrew put up on the Facebook post soliciting questions, in half an hour, there were like 85 comments on it. And 80 of them were spoofs. Can we not? Can we just not? I mean, some people had some funny spoofs and some people had some lame spoofs, but can we please just 
participate in the way that he wants us to participate for one. I mean, I know the tens, we're all funny and we're all snarky. Can we just restrain ourselves for one minute, please? And you sound like me of maybe a year ago, vintage. <laughs> I've let go on that. He's he, given up hope, I think. Yeah, I, I I will approve your hot dog and taco posts. I'll I'll approve uh, kitty cat posts because Andrew owns, they both own cats, so cats are all good. Just let them, let them run. Let them be the, let them be the stens they want to be. It's just that we're not as funny as we think we are. Well, I, it was proven to me this week that I'm not as funny as I think I am. Cause I made the real obvious joke. As soon as I heard about the newsletter thing, I sent an email to Luke and Andrew, you know, with my question, which was paint your bald spot. And of course that was, you know, they were, I immediately got an answer like way ahead of you already done. <laughs> Like, God damn it, I'm not funny. Or you're just the same amount of funny as the rest of us. I can't stand that thought. I don't want to live know. in that world. <laughs> That's why I didn't read any of the questions. No, I didn't either. I just stayed away. Well, there weren't any. Actually, there were. There were a couple of really good questions that I would have liked to see them answer. And they did make hay out of the question that they eventually used. It was good. It was funny. <laughs> it was the but, yeah. but still. Uh, and the rest of newsletter talk is that Eric the Viking is going to be sending them some sort of mystery equipment so that they can start live streaming soon, which I think a lot of people are in favor of. They remember the yeah. stick yeah. amp days very fondly, and I I don't see it happening on a regular basis, but maybe they could use it for some – maybe they could use it on the road trip for, like, road trip updates. Mm -hmm. That would be really cool. That would be fun. And it would be another great opportunity for me to – to advance my mediocre spoofs in front of the the, the stens that are watching. <laughs> right. In real time. Yeah. Yes, in real time, mediocre spoofs. So I don't know how they get into barbecue talk again. They had a little bit of it yesterday, I think. But Luke says that he has no barbecue game because he won't take the time to research or learn about things that he's interested in. He just kind of goes at it on his own and, and figures it out as he goes along and Andrew says he does have a better barbecue game than Luke does. But um, to no one's surprise, he, he can't multitask at it. Like he can't put the hot dogs on the grill and then walk away. He has to tend them feverishly the whole time. And he's pretty mm -hmm. amazed that, that Genevieve can just dump some meat on and then go and do something else for a while. I don't have a grill, so I guess I have no barbecuing game at all. Neither do I. I, well, we grill a lot. And, I, you know, I was just thinking about this as you were talking, and maybe this is because I live in Texas now, but calling it barbecue seems really wrong to me. Like, he's not making barbecue, he's grilling. Oh, that's right. true. That's true. This is bothering me to an irrational degree, but it didn't used to. I think it's a regional thing. Because mm -hmm. barbecue to me means, like, pulled pork or mm -hmm. ribs or brisket. It doesn't mean hot dogs and hamburgers. That's grilling. It It means some... Some poor bastard got up at two in the morning and got some meat going in some remote town that I'm going to drive to at five in the afternoon and reap the deliciousness of right. the barbecue. <laughs> well, and that 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 jackass has often been my husband, so um, <laughs> I'm I'm very much aware of the amount of work that goes into actual barbecue. Um, but yeah, I you know. Um, 
he trial and errors is fine with cooking. Um, but Luke, we all know, doesn't like to set timers. So I guess he's going to have to babysit her. It's going to get ruined. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that you guys don't have to take like a barbecue test when you mm. cross the border of Texas. <laughs> you just have to have the the want to to eat it. It's, that's all that's required. Yeah. They t- took away my Japanese car and gave me a truck and a shotgun. <laughs> Right. Um, I told yeah, you, you not, have to text while you're driving. Yeah, there was not a barbecue portion of that test. So one thing that Luke has been very meticulous and researching is low-carb hot dog buns. And he says he's had medium success with it. <sighs> but he, it sounds disgusting. It really does, doesn't it? He is obsessed with working out low-carb recipe workarounds for all his, his favorite foods. and he Just he have says, one hot dog instead of two. That's the that's your solution. Mike, you know? that is not the way it works. You know that. <sighs> well, what I'm going to get some like hammered down cauliflower like It sounds like an egg and cheese monstrosity. <sighs> right? Like he's making it out of ugh, I don't know. I, Why? I, he's he's gone whole hog on this low carb thing and he says that he's working in America's low carb test kitchen. <laughs> so I I guess I you know what if it makes him happy then do it if you want to waste your time coming up with some half-assed solution for a, a bun you know sure if, if you had celiac disease if you were gluten intolerant I would be so supportive of all this stuff just to get as close as you can to the foods that you want to eat but this is just Luke falling down the rabbit hole whatever and he says that he finally learned how to make a pot of regular coffee. I forget where that came from. What does that mean exactly? I don't know, because they got rid of the Keurigs, didn't they? Because he was too lazy to use refill. Oh, he's finally figured out how much coffee to scoop in to yeah to, to match the water. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he was talking about how he had a, he'd always used a French press. Oh, yeah. Or the Keurig. So Mm -hmm. brewing. And I can identify with that. I'm terrible at making brewed coffee. Terrible. And I think that goes back to the measurement thing we've Mm -hmm. been talking about Mm -hmm. the past couple of weeks. And I I just haven't done enough trial and error. And it's often too hot here. I don't want brewed coffee. Like I am fully on the cold brew train. um, So I don't have that many opportunities to practice. Um, On the donor songs for the day, this is just an absolute travesty. As far as I'm concerned, were they still playing smooth up to this point? I don't remember, but they decide that it's time to switch and they talk about a couple of songs. I I guess the method for getting a new donor song is to just look at the suggested videos on the sidebar of the one that you've been (laughs) playing up until this point. And they talk about a couple of songs, uh, Hey Ya and Fuck You, either one of which I would have preferred to Mambo number five. Yes. And thank God this was only a single day thing, because that is just, I try not to judge other people's music choices, unlike some people, but that's a terrible song. Yeah. It's disgusting. I feel bad for anybody who had their their name read on this donor day. Um, top story for the day is that you shouldn't walk on escalators. And the the reason put out in the article that they're reading is that it can damage them. But according to the Otis elevator company, that is not true, that it's actually a safety issue because people can 
trip and fall and so forth on the escalator. And Andrew says, has anyone ever been injured on an escalator? And I have, yes. a, I have a story here. And I will tell this story, but I just want to preface it by saying, when I tell this story, you will know that I am a bad person. <laughs> Up until this point, you may have thought that I was pretty nice. And this is the story that lets me know that I'm going to hell. Because one time when I worked at the mall, I saw a little old lady fall down the escalator. And I laughed because it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I was at, I know this was a Monday in December. And I know that because I had to make a run to the bank. I had cash deposits from Saturday and Sunday that were, were pretty big because it was December. And so I had the cash in a little bank bag that I always tucked inside my jacket so that nobody could see that I was carrying a bank bag. And I was leaving the mall and my pathway towards the exit took me past the top of the escalators down to the first floor. And as I was approaching the escalators, I saw this little old couple standing in front of it trying to get on. And the little old lady was doing that thing that like toddlers do when they're learning to use the escalator, like kind of tentatively sticking their foot out and trying to judge the timing. They're not quite sure how this is all going to work. And as I watched, I saw her commit and take the step and then start to overbalance. And I was oh. like, oh, shit. And I was probably like 20 feet away. And, so, and her husband was blocking the top of the escalator. So even if I had managed to like leap the 20 feet, I would have had to like heave him out of the way. And it just, it wasn't <laughs> going to happen. So she starts to fall and she's holding onto the rail and she kind of uh, pivots and swivels so that she's looking back up the escalator and her face it was like Mr. Bill, like, oh, no, <laughs> these huge eyes and this round mouth. And then, and here's the part where you know I'm a bad person. She let go of the railing and she did a backward somersault down the escalator. Oh, my gosh. Yep. And I said, oh, my God, really loudly. And there was a, a lady walking down at the base of the escalator who just happened to be right there. And she quickly hit the emergency stop and went to the old lady. And then some other lady was down there too. And she came running and there were a couple of maintenance guys up on my level who saw it happen. And one of them was like out on his radio really quickly. And so I thought, so what can I do here? She's already got people helping her and the people in charge are being contacted and there's nothing I can do but I have $5,000 in my coat that I'm responsible for. So I need to go take care of my business. So I went out and I got in the car and then I had a flashback of her Mr. Bill face and I just started giggling and I <laughs> sat there in the car for like two minutes. And every time I stopped laughing, I had a flashback and I started laughing again. So that's why I'm a bad person. Whoa. I don't. I don't think so, Anne. You didn't laugh in her face. No, yeah, I didn't laugh at her. <laughs> she didn't hear you laugh. And the coda to this story is that I came back from the bank like fifteen or twenty minutes later, and I saw her. She was in the the vestibule of the mall entrance. She was sitting in a wheelchair, and there was a security officer with her. But she didn't look like she was in any physical distress. It looked like she was like bruised and battered and, and sitting there while her husband drove the Buick up to get her, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe she went to get checked out somewhere, but it's clear like the ambulance wasn't coming or anything. So hopefully she was okay. 
Well, I have a, an escalator injury story that I am still pissed at myself that I was not there to witness this accident. Um, as you all know, uh, every year, except for this year when I had no leg, um, I try to make my way to Las Vegas where my friend Stuart Porad um, always has rooms and meals and everything comp for us because he, he's such a degenerate gambler. Um, so it's me and my brother and then the Porad brothers, Stuart's the youngest, then Mike, uh, was one of my best friends in high school and then Gary, and we all worked at the same pizza place in high school. So we go way back. And so this is a big get together every year. I, one year, this was a couple of years ago, I arrived on the Saturday only to find out that the previous evening, um, they were going down an escalator and I think it was Caesar's palace. And my, uh, my brother was behind the three poor ad brothers going down the escalator. The first poor ad brother down the escalator was the oldest Gary and his shoelace got caught. So he went down and then my brother saw Gary go down and there was nobody behind my brother on the escalator. So he started backing up and the, but the the, the other two poor ad brothers didn't see in time (laughs) and they both went tumbling over Gary. Oh no. Uh, and they were all injured in various ways and they were all sore and, and messed up. And I just called it a three poor ad pileup and I'm really sorry I missed it. <laughs> My brother had an insanely good laugh on the spot as well as afterwards. He didn't wait till he got in his car. Well, you just check to make sure that they're not um, grievously injured and then it's right. okay to laugh. Yeah. Just three immense men. I mean, these guys are all over 300 pounds. At least. Oh, no. Yeah. And it was just one big ball of porad just rolling out onto the <laughs> floor of the casino. And we're all bad people for laughing at that. <laughs> they laughed so hard at themselves, though. That's, That's good. what made it okay. Good. <laughs> well, to continue on with this uh, top story, now that we've determined that, yes, you can get injured on an <laughs> <She> escalator, <laughs> the London Underground campaigned to get people to stand on both sides of the escalator instead of leaving the walk on the left. And uh, apparently it increased efficiency by 30%. And Andrew hates this. I mean, he just absolutely hates it. He cannot deal with the idea of everybody just getting on the escalator and standing still. I don't. I So I will often, if I don't, if I'm not in a huge hurry, I will just stand and I'll stand to the right. And I do that not because I care about efficiency, but because I don't want to get run over or thrown down the escalator by some jerk businessman in a hurry who mm-hmm. wants to run down the escalator. It's more of a self-preservation thing, I think. Mm-hmm. It, I think it'd be hard to get people on board with doing that. Yeah. Andrew makes the comment that he thinks that this whole idea would be moot because people here don't follow the walk and stand rules anyway. And I guess they don't. I don't know. Yeah. And then there was an interesting comment from this uh, psychology professor, professor that Americans want more personal space. Uh, so they won't sit or stand right next to strangers. I, I don't know. I guess I haven't noticed it in Europe, whether that's true or not, whether we all just cozy right up to one another. I don't another. see standing on the same step next to somebody. I just don't see that happening in America. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, I think that's more, yeah, it's a single file situation. 
yeah. even the step one step behind someone it's, it's, feels too like, close like like the let's say there's nobody else on the escalator <laughs> we've made this commitment that we're going to stand stock still on the escalator and i'm just like right behind you you can feel my breath on your neck you know <laughs> dude could you just take one step, step back because if my shoelace catches we're we're piling up well this whole thing is sort of in a larger sense about people blocking your way in general, right? Mm -hmm. And so Luke has this story about how he got stuck behind a British couple in the, was it in the checkout in Haggins? I forget. Mm -hmm. But there was some whole long conversation that they were having with the the checkout clerk. And he was super pissed that they were delaying him and um and uh, what else does he say? Oh, and Luke says he makes a nice observation. He thinks that the reason that Andrew's so upset about people blocking his way is that he is so conscientious and thoughtful of others and always trying to think about the other person's experience and how he can um, make it better for them or or how he can follow the rules to make everybody else's experience uh, the best. And I that's totally true for Andrew. That's true yeah. of me as well. I think way too much about making things good for other people rather than what I need. So I can understand how he's he's um, gets frustrated by this. And then they have this story that Luke really wanted to talk about two days in a row, but it's clear they're not going to get to it. So he basically says a one sentence thing about the the golfer who got narked on by a TV viewer mm-hmm. who sent an email that she moved her ball some fraction of an inch. And the I don't know, got disqualified or got a penalty no, stroke or whatever. It, it's a pretty infuriating story. I'll sum it up real, real quick. Um, on the golf tournaments go four days, Friday, Saturday, <clears throat> sorry, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And a viewer noticed <clears throat> during the Saturday telecast of the golf tournament that um, she had you know, done this violation or whatever. It didn't get caught by the tournament officials. Nobody knew that this had happened. She wasn't aware that she had done anything wrong. So, um, so the end of the day that of the Saturday, she signs her scorecard and everything's cool. But then someone watches the telecast and then they, they just like rat line and, and, um, send an email to the LPGA. And so the next day while she was on the course and she was leading, by three strokes or something like that. She was informed that she, she was getting a a two stroke penalty for having moved her ball, um, from the previous day and getting another two stroke penalty for having signed her scorecard on Ah, Saturday. Really? Yeah. Um, signing a, signing a false scorecard. I, even if you don't know, (laughs) I don't know. So she lost four strokes. She ended up going to, it went to like extra holes and she'd lost the tournament. Um, and it was just, it was a pretty infuriating story from, uh, you know, cause, cause people of course are going to extrapolate and, you know, I, I can say, well, I've been watching a tape of the 1993, um, NBA finals. And I noticed Charles Barkley didn't really get fouled. You know, uh, I'm sorry, the, the Western conference finals, Charles Barkley really didn't get fouled that much. So we need to take away some of those free throws and let the Sonics win that game. Right. Just, you can't do that. You know, it happened, whatever happened, happened. So it was infuriating. And anyway, it's just golf. I'm trying to keep, keep my, uh, keep my blood pressure down over women's <laughs> golf. 
We have other things to get outraged about <laughs> yeah, this exactly. week. Yes, we do. It's a terrible story, though. Uh, there is some long tangent about the joy of being in the hardware store or the auto parts store. I think, um, I forget which one of them talked about uh, going with their dad and what a nice... What a nice experience it always was and kind of a bonding thing and the smell of a hardware store or an auto parts mm-hmm. store. I don't spend a lot of time at either one of those places, but I can definitely see what they're talking about there. What is it about auto parts stores that they can't update from the, the dot matrix? <laughs> <laughs> they have those computers with black screens and yellow letters <laughs> still. Yes. yes. And emails for the day. Um, I guess this is a tweet from Dave about... Andrew's nest. Can I say, p- Andrew, please stop referring to your nest of toilet paper on the ugh, Oh, toilet. yeah. I mean... It makes it sound like what something ugh. really different than what it is. I've made it clear how I feel about this whole thing, but the fact that he just keeps saying nest is gross. How do you feel about perch? <laughs> sure. Uh, why not? <laughs> but Dave says that if you put toilet paper over the laser eye, then that will keep it from... <sighs> flushing and pulling your nest in what are you jeremy how much toilet paper you're gonna use (laughs) overuse of toilet paper is one of mike's number one irritations oh my god yes it makes me so mad just sit down and poop you dummy put your ass on the seat Put your ass on to quote and um and then still on the subject of auto toilet flushing this voicemail from kelly was one of my favorite things of the week where she told this story that her three-year-old went airborne when the auto flushed <laughs> off. Aww. So cute. That, so he went airborne. He fell off the toilet, was terrified and traumatized about public toilets for a long time. And it's it's been a year, I think she said, and he's just starting to get over it. And Andrew suspects that he's still not over it and may not be for a long time. But that was so cute. That reminded me um, of the dog we used to have, Frank, I would walk him around um, the apartment complex in Redmond and there would be some areas where there's like tall grass and brush. And whenever anything touched his penis, he would leap straight up off all four feet. It was so great to watch. Like, I don't know how he did it because his legs were almost fully extended to start with, but then he could leap, leap a good two feet in the air. Just if anything touched his little wang. And Meredith, you put a note about the outro song for that. Yeah, that was so weird. Did anyone listen to that whole thing? I usually don't listen to the outro songs, but this one just got stranger and stranger. And the lyrics said something about the bathroom is a place where you can cream and dream. (laughs) And she says that like 70 times. Cream and dream and dream and dream. From one of those industrial musicals. Did they talk yeah. about that before they played the song? Yeah. I can't remember what yes. day that was. Yes, but yeah. they did. Well, like real legit musical uh, writers would write these musicals in service of some particular product For or industry. American standard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was I very strange. Were they, they were getting it like applying makeup or whatever, but it, I assume makeup yeah. doesn't really rhyme with anything. I don't know. Breakup, and that's terrible. So. Um, so what? So cream, yeah, cream, cream and dream. Go with cream, sure. And there was probably a video read of some woman just creaming up her face with some <laughs> cream. This is the days of cold cream, so yeah. that's what I was hoping they were yeah. talking about. Can we please move to Wednesday? <laughs> Let's do that. Wednesday, twenty three fifty two. The search for Lucal's gold. Uh, this is a big day, so I'll blow through the beginning. Um. 
Carrie and Veeves are both sick. They both have this horrible virus that seems to be going around. Um, they talk about animals on the couch. Ru- Rudy doesn't usually go on the couch, but she's on there uh, helping Carrie get through her illness by uh, laying near her and or knocking her Gatorade off of the <laughs> coffee table with her tail. Yeah. Um, this was something that, you know, when, when you have a dog that size is a, is a common problem. Um, but Molly, our poor, uh, late Molly was that height and she never once did that with her tail. Like she was so aware of, of her surroundings and of mm-hmm. our stuff. She never once knocked anything off of a table with her tail. It's kind uh, of amazing. Well, we have, we have the opposite dog here. Ginger. <clears throat> has a very active tail. It wakes everyone up in the middle of the night. When she's ready to go outside, you just hear her tail thumping a wall or a table or <laughs> mm-hmm. something. And she knocks stuff over all the time to the point where, like yesterday, I just <clears throat> I just offhandedly referred to her as Wagatha Christie. <laughs> and it spawned an idea for a children's book series. And that is a a dog who solves crimes by uh, her tail just exposes you know the the, the key clue or whatever and emily came up with the best storyline to start with you know because th- th- they'll all be like encyclopedia brown type mm-hmm. mysteries hers was um the the someone's alibi was that they had been swimming in the lake um when the crime was committed or whatever they were swimming across the lake and and Wagatha Christie's tail knocks while they're talking about it, knocks that kid in the lake and the kid can't swim. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's so kind we call of a macabre ending. Wagging yeah. the clue. And then know? the kid dies. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's what wag talk has inspired over here. We're, we're working feverishly on our, I want to see that come to fruition. Stories. Please. But is this a thing that's typical of like labs and retrievers because they get so excited yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, she's just super excited, and and about the like the sick or injured thing. Well, it really, I mean, the point was driven home here. Like uh, Emily threw her back out about four or five days ago, and Ginger follows Emily around to start with, but Ginger didn't even want to come to dinner because Emily was was in the in the Aww. master bedroom with her mm-hmm. bad back, and for Ginger not to want to come to dinner. I mean, that's serious business. She yeah. was really wanting to take care of Emily, and which she's in no way capable of doing. <laughs> by thumping her with her tail. By thumping her with her, her tail, by better. getting in her way all the time because she's always 100% tripping her. In her face. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's a little bit of talk about uh, animals on the furniture. Um, Luke is already obsessed with vacuuming up dog hair and he doesn't want to have to vacuum the couch every day. Andrew talks about how he has blankets on the ca- on the couch for his cats. Mike, you did the smart thing and got uh, sofas with slipcovers. Yeah, yeah. Emily's mom and, makes slipcovers uh, like it's her job when she's over here. Well, that's perfect. And and your dogs just like walk across the coffee table and, and <laughs> set themselves on the couch. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. basically where they are all the time, right? Yeah. We gave up. We don't. Yeah. Yeah. So we... we we didn't let Eddie on the couch um, before we were sure he was potty trained. Um, Cause if he had peed on one of my couches, I would have mm-hmm. probably strangled him. Uh, so he's allowed to now. And I think I've mentioned this before, but he goes on a little blanket um, because he's got black fur and the couch is light. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just to save me some work. And we've trained him to only go up there on the blanket. And he's actually d- only, he, he does that and he behaves even when we're not there. Like I've got a camera on him sometimes and he will stay on his blanket, which is very heartening. And adorable. I hope, I hope one day you you 
you've got the camera going and then and then you just he disappears for a second and then the the camera gets spray painted over and then you know he's just all over that couch <laughs> and then he squats on the couch yeah. <laughs> and lifts his leg on it yeah <laughs> Um, Luke talks about uh, this delicate dance that he has to do to feed the animals, which is something I can identify with mm-hmm. as, as uh-huh. someone who owns a cat who needs to be locked in the bathroom to eat. Um, and then another cat who takes an hour to eat and has to be locked in the office. Uh, and then a dog who wants to eat everybody else's food. So mm-hmm. it, it's the same delicate dance over here. Um, Andrew talks about his dogological clock again, uh, talks about a dog named Edie, who was somebody he loved very much in New Hampshire. That was a cute story. He needs a dog. Yeah, he I just think. needs to get a dog. Stop with the timing of it. Just just do it. Yeah. Uh, Luke talks about how he thinks you need to have an older dog and a younger cat, and he only thinks that because that's his situation. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true at all. <laughs> depends on the animal. Yeah, it all depends on what kind of disposition your animal has. Yeah, and and Andrew's probably right that, that Theo wouldn't, do well with a dog. So he's probably right to wait. Yeah. Um, just for Theo's sake. You don't want to make his last years miserable. Um, I don't know. Theo is an ornery son of a bitch. It might be harder on the dog. Yeah. The do- Well, you know, our dog, our, our dog is a little bit afraid of the cats now. Um, he, they, they lunge at him sometimes and swipe at him, not to hurt him, but to say, get out of my space. Mm-hmm. And he'll yelp and run away now. Oh, <laughs> even the one that funny. he used to chase. Yeah, he still they still chase, um, but she will turn around now and swipe at him, and he'll yelp and scatter. It's pretty great. Um, so, top story, of course, for today is this Kendall Jenner, or is it Kylie Jenner? Uh, <laughs> Pepsi commercial, or is it Coke? Um, Whatever. Luke can't keep it straight, which I thought was great. Um, this commercial, obviously, is is Kendall. Jenner solving police brutality while weirdly holding a Pepsi. Uh, That's what I was mostly offended by in this commercial is that she's holding it like she's never seen a can before in her life (laughs) with a weird little claw hand. Um, And of course, there was internet outrage about this. And this really gets uh, Luke and Andrew kind of in in a fight. Um, Luke thought it was laughable that Kylie or oh boy I just did it too that Kendall could suffer from this um like that 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 Pepsi would apologize to her and and I guess I thought you know literally all she is is a pretty face and a reputation and so of course her mom doesn't want her losing 50% of her marketability by ruining her reputation right uh so it's weird I I think that's probably why Pepsi agreed to shelter her from this but she I think is just as as guilty as Pepsi yeah, for deciding to participate in it. Yeah, it's extremely tone deaf, as Andrew points out. It's it's uh, it's way too soon to seize on this moment. It's demeaning to the Black Lives Matter movement, and it's really clear that there were no people of color among the ad wizards who came up with this stupid commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said before uh, about this, um, but this really got Luke and Andrew into a bit of a row, and um, I I heard a lot of the reaction to this before I listened to this episode. It wasn't that upsetting to me Mm -mm. to hear them snipe at each other. It was pretty brief, Mm -hmm. I thought. Yeah, it was almost a a passing thing. And, and, uh, And Luke wanted to reiterate later, and I guess Andrew did too, that it wasn't so much about the content of the argument. It was, I don't know, the way that they were discussing it. I, I think that most people agree with Andrew's point 
on this, but I Mm -hmm. kind of saw where Luke was coming from. I don't necessarily agree with it, but he was saying, it's just a commercial. I mean, who cares? It's not very important. And I would agree that commercials have the importance that we assign to them. If all of Mm -hmm. us just ignored all of that, then yeah, who cares? But uh, advertising is a billion dollar industry. And it's clear that people are influenced by advertising, whether they want to be or not. I mean, I like to think that I'm not influenced by advertising. But (laughs) I I think if I took a hard look at myself, that would probably not be the case. So I can see where he's coming from. And Luke often makes these arguments on a more abstract or global scale. And Andrew brings it back to the context of the the moment and the perspective that we need to use when discussing it. So I guess I appreciated what Luke was trying to say. But then when he said that, well, how would this have been different? Uh, Think about what would have happened if they had Kanye instead of Kendall Jenner. And I actually Mm -hmm. pulled out my earbuds and threw them down on the desk. And I was like, I cannot fucking even with Kanye. If that's your idea of somebody who is socially aware and is a good spokesman for that. I mean, obviously, to have a black man is better than having a white woman. But come on, just because one time Kanye said that George Bush hates black people does not mean that he has any cultural insight. I just thought that was ridiculous. I thought it really undermined any argument that he was making. Well, and Luke's delivery was really terrible. He does interrupt a lot. Yes. um, Which Andrew gets testy about. Yeah. And and Luke sniped at Andrew that he did a 19 minute rant, which is not true. It was Mm -hmm. like two minutes. (laughs) And so he felt justified interrupting him. Um, Just some really faulty logic. Um, And Luke was also annoyed that we spend so much time being outraged about things. Um, he, he said, he said being outraged and eye rolling in the same breath as if those were equivalent emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's fine to be outraged about outrageous shit that we see on TV. You know, we can put our pressure on the company and say, Hey, this was a bad idea. And they pulled it, you know, well, it's where, it's where you're coming from. And like Luke and I, obviously we come from the, the white male privileged end of it. And we, I mean, I just find that commercial ridiculous and funny, mm-hmm. but, but it's not trying to make a, a statement, you know, for me, it's trying to make a statement for other people that are not, it's not landing with them. Yeah, and and, and if those people are saying, if those people are saying this isn't cool, yeah, we need to maybe listen to them. Yeah. I would just, you know, I wouldn't care if it came on again. I would just get a fresh laugh every time I saw it on TV. <laughs> I, I did. I laughed at all those generic signs that all the protesters Yeah, took, yeah the peace signs. Join the conversation. What conversation could that be? Are we going to the conversation riot today? <laughs> <laughs> I want to go protest love. Can we do that? I, I want to go to that protest mainly because everyone was so goddamn good looking. Yeah, no kidding. I know even that cop was really hot. I know. They're all, everyone's hot at that place. I'm like, I'm not, I don't even know what this conversation's about, but I want to get involved here. Uh, one more note on this. Uh, just to you guys, our, uh, our dear listeners, let's not call Luke and Andrew mommy and daddy anymore. Oh. Can we stop that? Can we shut that down? Um, they're not our parents. <laughs> they're not mommy and daddy. They're not daddy and daddy. Uh, no, none of us should be calling them that. No, the only person who should be referring to either of them as daddy is Addie Sandstrom. 
That's and maybe just one it. of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you are looking to Luke or Andrew as your father figure, then we need to have a discussion because you're doing something wrong. <laughs> I get what people are saying. It made them uncomfortable that mm-hmm. they were fighting. But that that verbiage makes me a little uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Super weird. Um, we get the most awkward transition to the email segment ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke just sort of pushes on and they start talking about uh, how Eric's wife, Wendy, wrote in to clarify that that lime jello black olive monstrosity also has cottage cheese on it. Oh, well, then that changes my opinion. Yeah. Cool. So excellent. <laughs> Um, we get a voicemail from Douglas who, uh, fell off his grind at Shake Shack, but he doesn't feel bad about it. He had a whole bunch of burgers and don't feel bad about Shake Shack. No way. So good. They put a Shake Shack in at the mall of America here, but the few times I've been by there, the line has been down the hallway and I'm like, I don't want to try Shake Shack that much. Yeah. Yeah. They opened one here over the summer and I still haven't been because it's crowded and I don't care that much. And I like in and out. Um, we also get an email from Kathleen, uh, calling Luke out for having Giarda on an airplane, but it wasn't him. It was somebody else, um, which leads to a lot of airplane bathroom talk. Gross. Yes. Uh, and then Jen emails in talking about the mic, M-I-C-M-I-K-E, talking about how the C in microphone is a hard C and the C in bicycle is a soft C, hence the difference. I'm surprised we're still even discussing this. <laughs> Luke tells a story about um, the time Microsoft gave him a, a load of hardware for free. I didn't think I'd heard that story before. And he got a gaggle of Zunes. <laughs> did he say what happened to those? What did he do with those? Uh, I think he said he gave one to Addie and she sold it on Craigslist. Oh, right, right, right. I'm surprised he didn't just sell it all, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Um, and then Eric, the Viking, emailed them to tell them... Uh, about you know more information about their uh their video stuff and he mentions that uh he was looking up commercial for zip whip and turns out luke did the voiceover and so they play that for us that sounded good i thought i'd never heard that one either Mm -hmm. i've never even heard of zip whip me neither but now we have um and then they talk a little bit about how there is a lego version of a now gone bar in minneapolis and did this ring any bells for you yes this was the nice polonaise bar the the place that they went to on that magical saint patrick's day with the stew bot that then got Mm -hmm. closed Uh, and we did get some feedback on that from shanna who lives here with me in the twin cities well she doesn't live with me but you know uh, (laughs) she lives here and um so she sent us an email that says, so yet again, the guys wax nostalgic about Nye's Polonaise. Now it was a fine bar, but the reason it closed was because one, fewer people went there, and two, people in the Twin Cities want overpriced condo slash apartments and general gentrification of the culture that made this city. I think uh, Seattleites are probably familiar with this from the, the talk that I heard. And she says, things that will be a reminder of Nye's charm. One, drinks varied in price depending on your bartender. Two, off-key polka. This is only acceptable during the Catholic polka mass. That's not a joke. That's a real thing that (laughs) happens sometimes. Three, where else can you get blackout drunk on a Monday night and sit at the piano player karaoke and muddle through Tom Waits and Van Morrison? 
Okay, so maybe, yeah, that was the best bar ever, but their nostalgia is less relevant than the no point to most tens. Save it for your trips to Minnesota, boys. We'll cry in our arbitrarily priced <laughs> drinks with you every time. She, this is a funny email, but I think she makes a really good point at the end here. That they keep talking about this magical bar that they went to one time, and uh, 99.999% of the tens don't care. That's never stopped them from talking about something before. <laughs> I get her point about the nostalgia for for some place that nobody ever really went because I used to play softball for this place called the Twin Teepees, and it was right along Aurora, and it was just a restaurant that there were two teepees, and it was just this iconic building. And whenever we would go there after we play softball, they wouldn't even give us a discount on alcohol or food or anything. And so we stopped going there and uh, they stopped sponsoring us. And then like, a couple of years later, the building was just gone. And everyone was like, oh, my God, what happened to the Twin Teepees? And I was like, did you ever go there? It sucked. <laughs> Good riddance. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we got just look at a picture of it if you get nostalgic. But, you know, they didn't they, they were shitty at restaurant business. Nobody liked it. The food was bad. I, I think that Nye's was still a relatively popular place, but the property values being such that it was just a mm -hmm. better deal to sell it. I'm, I'm sure yeah. they made a mint selling that property. So there you go. All right. So next up on the list is Thursday, 2353, A Man for Dockers. Uh, we, we open up, of course, talking about this fight. Um, they got an email from an unnamed listener who found Luke and Andrew's behavior, quote, ugly and extremely upsetting. <laughs> They could not have worded it in a way that would make them more defensive than that. <laughs> right. <laughs> it really bonded them back together, though. It was, mm -hmm. a, it was a great tool for that. Yeah, it united them against a common enemy, who yes. is now this listener. Um, th that's a bit of an overreaction. I don't think it was ugly or extremely no. upsetting. Um, Luke makes a few excuses for his behavior, one of them being that Carrie was sick and he was stressed out, which, Anne... Wrong. That is not an acceptable excuse. My wife has a head cold is not an excuse for <laughs> being snappy with your friends. That is not no. a, a real um, cause of stress for this. And then he says that they have a pretty good track record and a low rate of tense conversations given the number of hours that they spend talking, which is also not an excuse <laughs> for being rude to your friend. I'm usually not rude. <laughs> Uh, Andrew doesn't want us to think that he has bad feelings about the Pepsi ad or that he had any feelings, I think, was his point. Right. It, the reason that he got upset was the interaction with Luke, not the actual, not the actual the ad. ad itself. He had he had actually done some work and he did it for his other podcast. So he didn't really do it for TVTL. <laughs> right. And he wanted to get that stuff out and he felt like Luke was was pinching him. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, this is one time he's prepared and he has opinions and yeah. things to say and, and he doesn't get to do it. Yeah. Uh, Andrew also says he doesn't think he has anything to apologize about and I would agree with that. No. Um, he talks about possibly editing it out and deciding to leave it, um, but then feeling bad because he uh, posted it while mad. Mm. He did have, he did, I mean, not that he has to apologize for it, but he did have the opportunity within that conversation to not be baited. to. Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm to just let Luke's, you know, because the, the, if someone snaps at you and you don't snap back, wow, do they look like a much bigger asshole right. than if you snap back at them. But, you know, it's hard It's hard to do in the moment, though. 
I did think if we're going to assign winners and losers, I do think that he won that argument when Luke had the outburst of um, you went on a 19 minute fucking rant and now I mm-hmm. want to say what I want to say. And Andrew just said, go ahead. What do you want to say? And then yep. Luke yeah. was like, well, no, but w- and Andrew's all, just go ahead. Say it. He just made Luke look kind of foolish. Yeah. Yes, he did. He Luke clearly wanted to keep arguing mm-hmm. and Andrew shut it down. So uh, they <laughs> they announced the first newsletter video, which they recorded right after they had this fight. <laughs> Didn't come across in the video, I don't think. Uh-uh. They seem perfectly comfortable. Yeah. Andrew, however, thinks that he looked pie-eyed. Um, they, they were complaining about this actually right as I got the email with the newsletter in it. So I paused the podcast and I went and watched it. And my immediate thought is, yeah, Andrew, you're wearing a baseball hat and it's dark. Mm-hmm. That's not how you record video. Like, it's not going to look great. Oh, man, did he look stoned as fuck. <laughs> he did look stoned. <laughs> He's absolutely right. <laughs> Pie-eyed is interesting. Didn't no, they mention I don't know. he was looking kind of down into the corner of the screen rather than up at the camera? So Yeah, he, he was looking at his himself. Yeah, he looked mm-hmm. kind of droopy-eyed. He did look high. He was right about that. But there could have been th- some things that he could have done to avoid that. Like not get so uh, high. Like not get real high. Yeah. <laughs> it's an amazing video. The tip of the cap, mm-hmm. the tip of the baldness cap. Uh, boy, I don't laugh out loud very often while I'm by myself, but that one got me. Yep. Really got me. Number one, that he actually put it on in the video. Yep. And number two, that he said how much it cost. I had to screen cap the tip of the cap immediately and post it as the Sten's banner. I mean, I couldn't believe that the the British voice inside of it said, "This is your eighty second treatment." <laughs> That's what I laughed out loud at. You've done this eighty two times, and you're supposed to wear it for like half an hour at a time. Yes. Oh, he needs boy. to stop flying to Portland. Just get in his car, put on his laser baldness helmet, and. <laughs> Give it, give it the time it needs to do healing. <laughs> Stop interrupting its treatment. Exactly. Top story for today is that Shia LaBeouf made a movie called Man Down, and it sold one ticket during its UK debut at one theater. So it made a total of $8.37. Uh, apparently, they've now sold three total tickets. Um, this wasn't really a story. I guess this is pretty common for these kind of things. It's just uh, they can't advertise it without having shown it somewhere, so they showed it at some little out-of-the-way theater. Um I think the real conversation is why do people hate Shia LaBeouf so much? I'm not fond of him. Is it because he's like a pretentious art guy? Yeah, it, yeah, it could be. I mean, Andrew made the comment during that conversation that Shia is the poor man's James Franco. And I know a lot of yeah. people are irritated by James Franco, but the guy has gone to uh, do a lot of schooling. I mean, what did he go to Yale or I forget what college he went to, but... You know, he, he goes somewhere fancy. Yeah, he's yeah. he's truly passionate about uh, literature and schooling, and he's written novels and directed movies. And he's, I, I mean, he's a dope, but he does there's have some, some substance. Yeah, to him. he's there's something behind what he's doing, and I don't think there is for Shia. I think he's he's uh, someone who likes to think that he's really deep, but it's actually very shallow. They talk about his art project where he set up a camera. Um, that encouraged people to speak into it, saying he will not divide us. But of course, it got taken over by Pepe the Frog trolls. <laughs> um, 
So he puts it in a random location and 4chan triangulates it using the sounds of frogs and astronomy. And they find it by somebody. That was amazing ingenuity. Yeah. There is nothing the internet can't figure out when a bunch of, you know, bored idiots have an internet connection. So they find it and they hoist a Pepe shirt and a Make America Great hat. (sighs) Terrible. We can never have nice things. No. But it's a Shia LaBeouf thing, so maybe it's fine. Right. Uh, there's a little bit of Rick and Morty talk in there somewhere. That's not a show I've ever seen. Do you guys have any opinions mm, on that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, then there's a little bit of Mariner's talk, and Luke was outraged. Hmm. <laughs> I like outraged. I like that it's three days in, and he's already throwing up his hands and writing off the entire season. <laughs> well, and he talks about his pinned tweet at some point. Right. That... You know, like I said, I think to Mike earlier, like, I'm not into sports that much, but he sure sounds like a Fairweather fan. Yeah, he he is. Um, I think I think he would continue to like have have it on in the background or whatever. He's he's going to like not not have the game on the radio or TV. Mm -hmm. But I just think he's he gets really invested really fast. And that means he Mm -hmm. gets really Uninvested, divested. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I know that sports fans feel a sense of responsibility sometimes. um, And people think that the the, the rituals and things that they do somehow have (laughs) an outcome or an influence on on games. And uh, I can't imagine that uh, some people think that maybe this is Luke's fault. Well, did you did you feel like you were at fault when the Red Wings would lose and you forgot to bring your octopus to the game? Yes. Yep. So many octopuses died for that team. Uh, emails for today. Um, Crocs and scarves are a very bad idea to wear on escalators. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, Crocs yeah. are a bad idea everywhere. Yes. That's another excellent reason not to wear Crocs in public. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get a voicemail from somebody who didn't give her name saying that when she was a kid, the escalator at Nordstrom ate her shoe which is terrifying, mm-hmm. but she remembers the Nordstrom people being super nice to her, giving her cookies, <laughs> making sure she's okay. And uh, Luke also says he has fond memories of, of Nordstrom employees, even being kind to him, even though it was clear he was never going to be able to buy anything there. It, it made me want to go up to Barton Springs Mall uh, today and like pretend that the escalator in Nordstrom's <laughs> took my leg. Ate your leg off. <laughs> You could at least get a free meal out of it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, they have a great cafe there. I like Nordstrom. The people are really nice, and they will take back anything. Uh, Luke remembers going to the Northgate Mall for family photos before he says he got, quote, woke to fashion. And I thought, wait, he thinks he's woke to fashion now? Oh, uh, yeah. He's woke to <laughs> red gingham. Right. Uh Andrew talks about how he wore Dockers a lot in high school and college, and that's where the title for this episode came (laughs) from. But he's now a jeans guy, and they talk about brown corduroy, wearing a lot of brown corduroy, especially when they were kids in the 70s, because that was kind of like the primary fabric that everything was made out of in the 70s, I think. Now, now hang on. Hang on for just a second. Go ahead. I I need to clarify the life cycle of these Dockers, because the Dockers all got turned into tonight pants, right? Yes. Yes. And he was... He was saying that one time that he's he's nervous because he's getting down to the bottom of the Docker stash. Does that mean mm-hmm. that we're going to go to jeans for tonight pants? Yeah. 
eventually. Cut off. Probably. With a belt. There's, on, there's only one way it could get worse, and that's it. <laughs> she's, yeah, he, he will have reached rock bottom. <laughs> and Andrew also talks about how his shirt was ruined by that hot dog attack. Uh, mustard stains are notoriously hard to get out, and so now that shirt is is a stained shirt used for work. Um, and the rest of this episode was lost to time because in my notes I wrote, I don't know what else, whatever. <laughs> yeah, the, the week kind of ran out of steam. Yeah. Uh, as we move to Friday... 2354 gronking through the streets. Uh, I don't know if they've ever used this Downton Abbey weekend open, but uh, it's. I love it. It's one of those pivotal moments when you find out, you know, you find out just how, just how great these Brits had it when they didn't even know what a weekend was because. That's one of my favorite all time Downton moments. Yeah. And I always think of Phyllis when they throw some Downton stuff in there because I know she's mm-hmm. going to get excited to hear that. Uh, Carrie is still sick and this is keeping Luke away from his, uh, his beloved television. He doesn't want to have two televisions in the house, or they don't want to have two televisions in the house because it'd be like sleeping in separate beds or something. Mm. So they want, they want uh. TV to be a communal thing, but he is dreaming of having a man cave in the Uh-oh. basement, Ugh. in the flooded mm. basement. Um, and he wants to get, he wants to take the the TV that's in the TV room now, take it down to the basement, and then it sounded like he has TV jealousy of his dad, who has a sixty five inch uh, <laughs> TV, and you know when when you feel like you're big time and someone in your family has a bigger TV than you, you know <laughs> you can't take that. So my guess is he's going to get that TV right. He bought two boats. He's not going to deny himself a TV. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Sports really can make a mistress. I mean, luckily, Emily is on such a sleeping schedule. She goes to bed so early that I can watch sports without like ignoring her, which uh, which works out well for us. But um, I can understand if you're on like a similar sleep schedule and then you decide you're going to watch every Major League Baseball game mm-hmm. all season. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might create a little problem. Well, that's my life, and that's why we have three TVs. <laughs> You're still in the same bed, though. That's, that's important. Yes. Wait, one for you, one for Duff, and one for the animals? Yeah. Yeah. We just put an animal planet on one of them and leave it going. It's birds, squirrels. <laughs> yep. Uh, we find out that uh, Carrie's mom was a cockfighting lookout. This is amazing. Up in Cedra Woolly. <laughs> She's got me beat. I was only ever a tattoo lookout. A cockfighting lookout. That's an exciting That's an exciting role. And she had to bang <laughs> pots and pans to alert them if the cops came around. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. My move my move was to we usually I would be sitting outside the sports TV room so I'd I'd yell out something sportsy that was a <laughs> that was our code word or whatever and they can What were you trying to guard? Uh well tattoos were being done in my cell and so oh, okay so i would have to if the cops started walking the tear you'd have to yell something out so they could put put away the equipment i see well but it's not like you can hide the evidence right i mean when somebody shows up and they have a new tattoo aren't they gonna know that something happened you gotta you gotta keep that thing covered until it heals oh you know you don't get you don't get full body inspected every day. I mean, if you go get visitors, you're you have to be naked in front of the cops so they can see a new tattoo. But other than that, you can 
unless it's you know on your face you can but then like your tattoo. the your counselor will be like hey i don't remember you having that tattoo before and you're like oh this <laughs> thing i've had it forever they as long as they don't as long as they don't find out about it they're very they're very happy that tattoos are happening they don't care you know, but if a cop sees you, they have to bust you. You know, it's like nobody wants, nobody really wants them to bust. They don't want to bust you and you don't want to be busted. So that's why that, that stuff very, very rarely gets punished in prison. I never saw anyone get punished for tattoos. You just can't flaunt it. No, no, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. You can't be an asshole about it. That's the main rule in life and in prison. Don't be an asshole. Uh, Luke is, is having second day coffee. In his hotel room, is it? Did I hear that right? Gross, gross. It sounds horrible. (laughs) You said it was delicious. First of all, he makes it in that dirty, dirty hotel room pot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He just uses day-old grounds. Gross. Ugh. (sighs) Yeah. Uh, Andrew did a brilliant job adding that crowd noise to the Def Leppard Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) love bites. Yep. Oh my god! It I it took me there. I was at that concert for sure with him. <laughs> what what's the what's the phrase um, for the love bites? Is mass true? Mm-hmm. It it's mass true. Uh, Bobby Bobby gets his uh, tweet read as he he tweeted at the guys because he takes very personally the Buffalo Bills playoff drought. Uh, he knew immediately that the facts they were spouting off the day before were wrong and that the Buffalo Bills actually have the longest playoff drought. Uh, oh, that's right. They were saying the Mariners did. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. But um, Bobby was the right one to point that out. Mm-hmm. The cannibalism is our top story. Um, I, I will tell you, I really tried hard not to listen to a lot of this. It was really <laughs> difficult. I am not someone who likes talking about that kind of stuff but and it seemingly went on for a long time to me it did and but i thought the most rewarding part of listening to that was hearing andrew talk about how many big macs are in his butt <laughs> over and over and over well i was confused about this the way that they were talking about it um because they kept saying calorie density they were saying what has the most calorie density but meredith wouldn't that be like calories per gram or something yeah and clearly luke doesn't understand that sort of measurement and and they were wrong so i went and read this article and they're talking about average total calories from fat and protein that's what they were measuring okay because obviously your thigh is going to have more calories than your forearm yeah because it's a bigger thing and there's more meat there and it's got more fat yeah so they found that, you know, the fatty tissue is the highest calorie, which is no surprise because fat has more calories uh, than muscle does. Um, I learned a couple dazzling deets from this article. And my favorite was that eating an entire baby offers about 12,832 calories. Really? Interesting. Yep. But how? But to, you have to season it properly. I mean, I, I think you'd end up with more calories than that after you've, you know. Well, once you get the ranch sauce. <laughs> Once you like marinated it and slow roasted, and I mean, I think <laughs> there was an also my other favorite dazzling dude is that the, all these data were from men. They don't have any nutrition data on women, um, and the authors point out that quote the collection of primary data on this nature of this nature was outside the ethical and legal scope of this study. <laughs> 
because apparently it's already pu- the chemical composition of 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 four human males is data that's available to people, mm-hmm. really? and that's what they use to calculate these things. Yeah. Yep. Hey, you know, be be conscious of what you put in your body. You know, just I say, good on them. Yeah. They start talking very earnestly about credit karma. Uh, Luke it sure sounded like a free commercial it, to me. It certainly did. It sounds like Luke is cleaning his shit up, though. I, it's just he said at one point that he has bad credit because he quote refuses to interface unquote with TransUnion and Equifax. <laughs> that is mm-hmm. not why you have bad credit, Luke. No, you have bad credit because you didn't realize until today that if you pay off your five hundred dollar credit card, your credit score improves. Yeah, that, that I I didn't I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, part of the calculation is how much of your available credit. And it's proportion. It's not right. dollar amount necessarily. <laughs> right. Because you could have $100,000 in credit and have $300, you know, on your debit card. And that's nothing. But he says he only has $500 credit. Right. <laughs> he tells the money tree story, which I really like. He found out that he he couldn't fit the suit. And that was the reason he wasn't getting the money tree gig. <laughs> and that was it for him in local commercials. It's true, like most mascot suits, it's it's very discriminating against the against the uh, larger person, person of, of larger carriage. Like the only reason I was able to wear the Mister Slice costume so so easily is because the legs are free, free running. Right, you just right. you put on the olive boots, you know, the black <laughs> olive boots, toss the slice over you, and just slide your slide your hands out and put put on the ridiculous gloves. And you're ready to go. But most Did you have to wear tights? Or were your legs just free, like hairy leg pizza? Oh no, 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 no. Um always um always with uh, some some khakis. Oh okay. Oh khakis. Yeah. Yeah, because the slice is sort of beige, you know, where the toppings aren't, so you want to blend in with that. Right. Okay. <laughs> anyway, how did I get into that? Oh yeah, the money the money tree um caterpillar. Luke does an impression of Ving Rames doing Arby's We Have the Big Macs in our butt. Um, and I immediately thought, well, who's going to let Ving Rames and Arby's know that Luke has just done an unflattering impression? Because <laughs> we seemingly tell on him in every other possible way. I'm guilty of it, too. I've done it. I think I've roped people into a Twitter feed once in a while, calling Luke out on some funny stuff. The other day I heard a commercial, another commercial with a Ving Rhames voiceover, and all I could think of was the Arby's commercials. So I think he may have pigeonholed himself with those commercials. Yeah. Yeah. And now all I can think about is Big Macs and Ving Rhames, but... Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's an email um, from someone who <laughs> has been listening to TVTL at half speed. Why? And they played a particular... <laughs> Um, section where they, oh my God, they sounded so hammered. It was fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know that it should be a regular segment, but when they have, when there's a conversation that, that, (laughs) don't beat up on my buddy, Andrew. (laughs) I mean, it just sounded like two guys with their arms around each other in a bar, just sloppy drunk, trying to friend up. It was probably my favorite thing of the week, other than the tip of the baldness cap. Yeah. Um, there's just there is a discussion about uh, Andrew's appearance in the uh, newsletter uh, video, but uh, he he looked about as high as they sounded drunk on the half mm-hmm. speed. 
I hope he never changes that look. I want to see that look in the in the newsletter every week. It, it tickled me. <laughs> well, I didn't have anything else for Friday. I guess uh, for music for your weekend, Luke plays a song I really like, Matthew Sweet, Sick of Myself. Uh, Andrew plays a prom queen song, Cherry Hearts, which was a pretty good one. It was from a mm-hmm. Shins cover contest from one of the, uh, their, their newest album, I think. Listener Patrick... Uh, has us play Jeff Rosenstock staring out the window at your old apartment, which uh, Jeff Richardson seems really excited about and posted on our wall. So you can find that link at the Little Red Bandwagon Facebook page. I think that means it's time for housekeeping. (laughs) You want me to jack you off? (laughs) What? Sorry, I've been promising Kevin Farewell that. It's from from, uh, one of those... uh, Oh, gosh. Uh, David Spade and who's the fat guy? Chris Farley? Chris, Chris Farley Far- movies. <laughs> Chris Farley sleeping. I went and looked at the clip because Kevin was like, how come you never say uh, you want me to jack you off? And I said, well, I'm not familiar. So I found the clip. And uh, Chris Farley's really Tommy boy, I think. He's really trying to sleep. And the the David Spade wants to get in. And he's knocking, knocking, knocking. And he finally, you know, uh, says housekeeping. Want me to jack you off. So there you go. That one was for you. Farewell. I think that's a great addition. We should do it every week, (laughs) Mike. Thanks, Kevin. All right. Um, Our archive project is still going on, and we just announced the latest winner in our most recent episode. I'm not going to tell you. You have to go listen to it. Um, So if you want to help us with this, you could be the proud owner of a wagon full of loot in the near future. All you have to do is email us and assign. Christy will assign you a week of TBTL episodes to archive. And every episode that you submit earns you a ticket in our raffle. And we draw a name every month from those entries. And then one of us sends you a, a goodie bag. Uh, if you are doing any Amazon shopping, please use our link. It's littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. And check out the most recent episode of Earbuds and Earworms. It is out now, and it features our very own Mike Frizzell. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I don't think she's put it up on social media yet, but it's already in the feed. So when you hear this, you can uh, go listen to that. And what we did was we opened up our music catalogs to each other with some songs that we're probably more into than anyone else in the world. And we made a few selections from those and then we told the stories of why we were so into this song it's called why are you so into this excellent and you can get involved with us at littleredbandwagon.com you if you want to appear on the show you can go there and fill out the form and we can uh, get you on here go to our facebook page uh lots of great posts going on over there our show twitter is at lrb podcast you can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com or voicemail or text 802-432-tbtl 802-432-8285. And with that, uh, Anne, you want to get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. Nailed it.